we thought were dead are breathing new life again. Sometimes we just feel dead. (laughs) But this is your day. This is your day. This is for you. You're here for a purpose tonight, this weekend. So just receive. I'm going to invite Rhonda up here to the pulpit. Let's just give her a hand. We just... So happy to have her with us. I tell you what, Rana and I have known each other for a long time. She's known Samuel even longer. And uh, I taught her son Taylor and Lindell. And then she was my Mary Kay lady for a while. (laughs) And I just, um, just follow her on Facebook. And she's just an inspiration. And I'm just so thankful to have her with Bella here today. And I know so many of you came because of her. And I just appreciate it. Appreciate your presence. Appreciate your being here. Appreciate you understanding our first time to do online registration and just all those little kinks and quirks we've had to work out. But I just want you to just have freedom. Just move and do whatever you feel like the Lord is having you do. Hallelujah, everybody. Praise the Lord. Isn't this fun? Party up in here. <laughs> I love it. I'm loving. I couldn't wait to get to this conference because I couldn't wait to see all my family, my friends. There are so many people in this place that has had such a huge impact on my life. You know, we don't get where we're going by ourselves. Right, amen. You don't get anywhere by yourself. It's it's so amazing to see the God connections. Amen. It's so I want can I just take a minute and see who's here? <laughs> I was trying to see let me see who I know Tyler Metro's in the house. <laughs> I love me some Tyler Metro. I, I was actually privileged and honored to be on their staff for a few years and what a blessing it was. There's so much that I learned from Pastor Jerry and Miss Martha Phelps. She's in the house. God bless you. I love you, sister Martha. And Camilla and Carissa. Is that Okua? Girl. <laughs> Let's see who's in this group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesse and Cher, I've got family. Her church, they drove from Marble Falls, Texas. Let's give them a hand clap. Amen. Amen. We see I see some people from Edgewood area can't nice to see you. God bless you. And then over here, so good to see you. I know. And then my my hallelujah crowd. <laughs> it's good to have my mama and my sister and my aunt Laura, and my aunt Beverly. Amen. But it's so good to see everybody. If I haven't called you by your name, just you know, I love you. I just love you. And I won't I won't mention, but there are a couple gentlemen in the house. I won't say their names, but it's good to have you. So good to see Pastor Samuel Preddy. <laughs> I have known him longer than that. <laughs> and I used to come in here because I loved to, I loved Brother and Sister Preddy. I, could, I, I don't come in this place. I don't look over there and think of Sister Preddy sitting over there and Brother Preddy sitting up here in his chair. I just loved um, don't you love that we can go back, that we were, we were connected even before we knew what God was going to do? 
You know, I don't think that all these connections are by mistake. I believe that in East Texas, there is a move of God that is happening that no man can take credit for. But no man can deny it. Amen. Is that what you're looking for? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe that there's moves of God. We're not waiting on one. I'm not waiting on one. If you're waiting, I will pray for you. I'm in one. (laughs) I am in a move of God that no man, I can't take credit for it. But I have seen God do some things that I can't deny it. I sometimes I go back to my hotel and I'm like, what just happened? Praise God. We have had, I'm going to start tonight. And I'm going to kind of lay a foundation and share some testimonies because guess what? If I can get you uh, reeled in a little bit tighter, if I can stir you up just a little bit, knock some of the religious dust off of you just for a second, then by tomorrow, we'll go ahead and tear out this wall and tear out that wall and watch the Shekinah glory come so thick. You know, in our services, I look out there and it looks like there's a fog machine. And the people take pictures all in the services because of the Shekinah glory. And we have, we've had people to see angelic beings in the house. When I was in, uh, Wichita, Kansas, six angels showed up in that service and over 25 people saw it at that place. And I'm just going to share some testimonies. Okay. Y'all want to hear some fantastic, amazing miracles of God? Why? Because if he can do it in Kansas. I don't, I don't know what to think about this round table right here. <laughs> I love how much room I have. <laughs> we might start something new. I think Metro needs to get them a round table. Don't tell Pastor Jerry, just do it and surprise him. (laughs) Can I tell you what God has been doing? Can I share it with you? Because if he can do it in Tennessee, if he can do it in Bogota, Colombia, if he can do it in Israel, he can do it in Tyler, Texas. You know what? He is doing it. He is moving. You know, God is always moving. He's always talking. He's always, he's always doing. It ain't on God's side that you're not having manifestations. It's on your side. It is on your side. It ain't on his side. It is on your side. It is your fault. (laughs) It was my fault. You should have seen my face when I realized that I had been ministering for years conformed. You should have realized my face when I realized that I thought I knew who Jesus was because my grandpappy and my grandma and and on both sides, a lot of you know my grandparents. Both sides of my family were preachers and pastors. A lot of you in here, a lot of my relatives are in here. I don't know a lot of us that don't preach the gospel in this family. (laughs) I've been, I've been honored and, and, and I was raised uh, on the evangelistic field. I was raised by five-fold ministry. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with preachers and prophets and apostles and teachers. I'm comfortable in revival. 
But something happened to me, Camilla. Something in Lindale, Texas. Uh, my daughter is seven years old, and 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 it was she was probably uh, just a little over a year old. And I woke up about four thirty in the morning. Come on, my hair wasn't fixed, and I didn't have any makeup on, and there was no praise team, and there was no pastor. And I grabbed this Bible and a cup of coffee, Amy, and I cried out to God, and I began to reminisce on all that I have been a part. The heritage I was brought up in. You know, when I was a little bitty girl, I had the gift of intercession. I honestly thought, you should have seen my face when I found out that not everybody knows that uh, believes in the speaking in tongues, the evidence of speaking in tongues. I thought everybody was filled with the Holy Ghost. I thought, I thought it, was the, it was my normal. Amen. If it ain't your normal, you, we can fix it because you're going to need it. <laughs> well, you're going to need it. <laughs> I remember that morning thinking, God, I'm thankful because I have seen through my grandparents and through my, my parents and through ministry friends like the Pratties and like Brother Pastor Phelps and, and, and different people and, and different people that I, 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 I studied with and I was raised, cut my teeth with up in Kentucky uh, with Carmel and, and those people up there for 15 years. They, they, they molded me and helped cut my teeth on some things. And, and I, 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 I was so thankful for everything that God had given me in my life. I've not known a day where I had to wake up in the middle of the night afraid that someone was going to abuse me. I've, I don't know that kind of pain. I, I don't know what it's like to uh, be strung out on drugs. I'm sorry, I don't know what that's like. And, 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 uh, and I hate that there's some people that know what that's like. I don't know those kind of things. But that morning, something rose up in me. And I began to intercede and I began to weep. And I said, Lord, I thank you for for my upbringing. I thank you for the things that we you've experienced. I thank you for all the doors that you've opened to me. I don't deserve it. There's people that can preach circles around me. I know it. I said, God, I'm thankful for what you have brought me through. And I thank you, Father, because you've never left me. You never forsook me. But Father, if I never preach again, if another person never calls me to minister, if I never prophesy, if I never see another miracle, God, I must know you. I must know him, Amy. There's something in me. Cries out to him. Even today, it cries out into me. God, I need more. Just like what you were singing. I have to know him. See, I can't identify my relationship by how many dates are on my I don't identify my relationship by, by, by the way I minister. I can't I identify my personal relationship with Jesus Christ because I'm a drummer. I cannot identify that because I can prophesy. Shut up, of course, shut up. I must know Jesus. 
when I was in Bogota, Colombia, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to go to Colombia because there's going to be a prophetic activation take place. Now, you must understand, I've worked prophetically. It's like breathing to me. I, 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 I just see things and hear things, and I just, I just I had to mature in it. Come on, you have to mature in your gifts so you don't hurt people. And first of all, you don't hurt yourself. And I went to Columbia, and the Lord said, I want you to go there, and I want you to pay attention. And I remember uh, uh, going to this place, and they told me, they said, listen, uh, bring warmer clothes because it's never over 60 degrees, and it rains once a day, and and, and, uh, be comfortable. And so we went, and there there, there was no fancy building. It was just a large warehouse. And outside the warehouse was a tent. Now, there was thousands of people. There was no order. There was people all in the seats here, and they had seats up there. They had seats behind us on the platform. There was people in this meeting from Puerto Rico and, and, and from the United States and, and from uh, Guatemala and Venezuela and, and Mexico, from all over the world. They were in this building. I remember when I looked back, the tent was full of people and they just had monitors. But past the tent was people that were pulling up and they would stand outside their cars just hoping to hear the gospel preached. I remember walking back there just to see. I wanted to see what it was like in this country, how hungry people were. I remember looking at this woman and she, it would begin to rain and they didn't move. They stayed there because they were so hungry for relationship. There was an understanding and knowing in Bogota, Colombia, that they wasn't going to church. They, they were the church. I remember this woman with this little baby all bundled up, rain pouring on them. I remember when she got fed by something that the minister was saying, and she lifted her hands as if she was in a a building and just as comfortable as she can be. This this pastor from Brazil, he he looks over, and I'm in a, a crowd of about 400 pastors. And for two days, my interpreter called me pastor. I kept telling you can call me Rana. No, 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 no. No. Pastor. I didn't want to tell her I'm not a pastor. <laughs> this man that I had never met before from Brazil, he looked over. He, I could have been a singer. I could have been someone's wife. And I am somebody's wife, but he wasn't there. And I was, I, I could have been anybody. He looks me dead in the eye and he said, Profeta, come here. My interpreter said, why did you tell me you were profeta? I'm so sorry, profeta. I said, I'm serious. You can call me Rana. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) And the first thing he said to me, he said, you didn't come here just to minister, but you come for a prophetic activation. I thought, here we go. He said, hold out your hands. He said, you work very smooth in the prophetic. I like to tell people I'm a smooth prophet. (laughs) He said it. I didn't. He said, you work very smoothly in the prophetic. 
He meant it's easy for you to do. He said, but cancer has to obey you. He didn't know that up to that time we have had 12, I've lost count, 12 or 13 now here recently, stage four cancers, doctor confirmed, totally healed. We have three as of the last two years that has been in wheelchairs to get up and walk. And don't get scared, ladies, but we've seen a lot of babies come out of wombs that were not, uh, were not able to have children. The most incredible, most profound thing that happened happened to me just before I come down here. It was an amazing time. I was at Pastor Aaron and Amanda Crabb's church. I've known them for over 20 years at Restoring Hope Church. If you're ever in Hendersonville, you want to stay and go to church. Those people are amazing. We were in service. I promise you I tried to dismiss several times. They wouldn't let me dismiss. After about, I don't, we started at 10 that morning. At 7 p.m., we were still having church. People were grubhubbing food into the building. I turned around and I said, is that pizza? And the lady said, keep going. We're ordering our food in. We're not leaving. (laughs) But before I got to that meeting, I was folding towels. I remember I popped this towel, Pastor. I popped this towel and the Lord began to speak. The Lord said, there is a man and he has a seed of $10,000. Listen to the details of this prophetic word. He has a seed of $10,000. He's had it for over 30 days. He knows it belongs to the ministry, but he doesn't know where it belongs. The Lord said it does not belong to the traveling evangelist, and it does not belong to the pastor. It belongs to the church. He said he did not earn it. When he said he did not earn it, I knew he either inherited or he sold something, but it came in a lump sum. I called Pastor Amanda, and I said, Amanda... Oh, let me tell you, this is the most important part. Hold on to your seat. The Lord said, release the word because it has a million dollar return. Prophesy that. Everybody want to prophesy. I called her and I said, listen, I need you to release this word. And I gave her the details. She said, Rana, you're going to be up here in a couple of weeks. Why don't you release it? And no, no offense to her, but she says, so you get credit for it. And I said, da, 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 da. that's what's wrong with us today. No, 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 no. I'm not going to hold up that man's blessing. I'm going to move a God that no man can take credit for. And I said, let me tell you something. It ain't my word. And when you give it, guess what? It ain't your word either. It is the word of the Lord. 
and you're going to release that word. You don't even have to mention my name, but you're going to release that word because there's a million-dollar return to that man. Release the word, Amanda. That Sunday came. And she said the Holy Ghost just came over her. And she released the word exactly in detailed as the Lord gave it. Three people came up to them after church. I'm going to release a word over this place today. I'm going to release a word over Metro before we leave. We're going to release a word over the churches. Because I can feel a stirring in my spirit. I can feel it so strong. Can y'all feel it? The man said, Pastor Amanda, that prophecy is me. Here's my 10,000. And she said, how long you had that? (laughs) She's my spitfire. How long you had that? He said, almost two months. She said, where'd you get it from? He said, I, I sold some land or some, something, and, it just came, and I knew that 10,000 of it belonged, but I don't know where to plant it until you gave that word. Three people came to her that day. God is preemptive. He is Alpha, He is Omega, He is your beginning of your something, and He is your end of your something. He is preemptive. He knows what you're in need of before you get there. Can you imagine that Sunday, we do know they received at least $30,000 in the offering. Plus the normal tithes and offerings, Amen. I don't know how much it was. But what they did not know, that in a couple weeks, Nashville, Tennessee would flood. And it caused the septic system of their church to mess up. And the weekend before I came in, their church flooded. Now, they have insurance, of course, but this particular thing that happened was not covered. But yet God had sitting in their account. Come on, somebody. God had sitting in their account the money to cover the expenses so that they didn't have to skip a beat. They didn't have to figure it out. I'm getting ready to tell you something tonight and tomorrow night that's going to change your life because the intimacy, your personal relationship, that is what's going to position you for his purpose. Your personal relationship positions you. Not Your talent. I'm surrounded up there by talented people. I was at a prayer meeting about a couple months ago. When I looked around, I thought, what am I doing here? My personal relationship, what started uh, with no makeup on, stinky breath... Sitting over a coffee mug at 4.30 in the morning with mixed match pajamas, come on somebody, began something in me that changed my life. 
You keep asking God to do something in your ministry. You need to ask God to do something in you. The ministry will follow. Everybody want to preach. Everybody wants to prophesy. Everybody wants a title. I just tore that right out of my Bible. If I can't find Acts before tomorrow, that's because it's no longer there. It's been torn, it's been hanging on a many a day, I tell you. Everybody wants credit. Everybody wants recognition. When we know that the Bible says that the things that are done in secret, he said, I will reward you openly. See, I don't prepare for my meetings uh, at a hotel room. I prepare for my meetings at home. I allow the Spirit of the Lord to transform Rana. And then when I get a microphone in my hand, that, that, that's been transformed. That is what comes up out of me. Romans says, be not conformed to this world But be ye transformed. He's telling you, don't do it. I know what you're thinking. Get back to the million dollars. (laughs) Come on, ladies. Tell me he is a now God. When there is intimacy in your life. When you make a decision to become the church instead of going to one all the time. I'm not telling you quit the church. Don't be posting on Facebook. She said for us to quit church. If you do, I know where most of you go to church and where you live. <laughs> He's a, say he's a now God. That intimacy, that personal time that you have with him, what happens, it brings the manifestation of the glory that we're going to be talking about. See, we are anointed. The anointing is in you. The Bible says you are anointed to preach the gospel, but the glory is something that's heavy. It's a manifestation. It's something you can see. It's something that you can't deny. And it falls, it surrounds you. So he's a now God. Just a few days, four or five days. Something happened. If Aaron and Amanda were here, they could tell you more in detail. But something happened with something, some land or something. And the man called Pastor Aaron and he said to him, he said, Pastor I sowed that seed. I was the first one to sow it. And he said, yeah. And he's told him what happened. He said, God did not give me a million dollar return. I just signed the deal and I just got a three million dollar return. But remember, there was three people that gave it. Are they just out of luck? (laughs) the second man that gave it happened in order that is God right there the second man that gave 
I was leaving their church on Monday morning. I live four hours from Nashville, Tennessee. I love it. I love Nashville. And I'm driving right through Bowling Green, Kentucky. When Pastor Aaron calls my phone and he says, you better pull over. He said, the second man just gave us a call. And he gave me the details of that. And he said, Ron, I kid you not. He also received exactly a $3 million return. I said, Pastor, do you know that means you've got $6 million sitting in your church? And we're waiting on the third one. We know it's coming. He is a good God. My ministry changed, Pastor. Not based on how well I performed, but it began to change because something cried out for a personal relationship. I remember a time, I remember in Summerhill, Illinois, I was preaching for Brother Shepherd, and there were so many people, and they were wanting to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I used to pray for people and lay hands on them and ask the Lord to fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But inside of me, I'd say, please speak in tongues, please speak in tongues, please speak in tongues. You've done it too. Why? What would it look like? (laughs) Aren't we pathetic? (laughs) Come on. It ain't about you. It's never going to be about you. It's always been about Jesus. It always has been about Jesus. The man in Bogota, he said, cancer has to obey you. He said, AIDS has to obey you. I remember in that same church, before I got there, I told my husband, I said, I just had a vision of myself holding a bucket. He goes, wonder what that means. I said, I don't know. We'll soon find out. That church was full of people. We preached and they sang and it was wonderful. And the church was over and people were going out in the foyer. And I was waiting on Pastor Amanda. I was standing over there and people were saying how much they appreciate me coming. You know how they do. And they they thank me and that kind of thing. And it, it got where everybody was leaving. And I'm still waiting on her to come out of this office. And I turn around and there's this gentleman behind me. He looks like a doctor. Matter of fact, as soon as I saw him, I knew that if he wasn't a doctor, that the, his, the will of God for his life, when he was to be a nurse practitioner or a doctor, that he needed to continue his school. I just immediately knew that. And he, he was well-to-do, and he turned around. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know that you were standing there. And I said, can, can, uh, he said, I just want to tell you how much I enjoyed the service. I said, thank you so much. And about that time, uh, my discernment, the prophetic kicked in, and I, I looked around. I said, are we the only ones in here? And Pastor Amanda said, yes. And I said, well, uh, are you a nurse practitioner? Are you a physician? And he said, no, I'm a nurse. And I said, well, I suggest you go back to school. 
Because you're not supposed to be a nurse. You're either, the Lord wants you to be a nurse practitioner or a doctor or something. He said, I just uh, signed up. I'm going to school for nurse practitioner. I said to him, I said, well, since there's nobody around and it was just us here, I said, since you're here, can we go ahead and get rid of that homosexual devil you're entertaining? Y'all want to be in ministry now? I saw Amanda pop. Oh, dear Lord, there she goes. And he began to cry. And I said, do you know how much God loves you? And I said, it's just you and me in here. You don't really think you was born like that. And you don't really enjoy that. It's bondage to you. Come on. And he began to cry. And I said, so if you're going to continue to entertain that, you're free to go. But if we, you want to be released of that, we can take care of it right now. And he wept and wept and wept. And we began to pray over him. And he began to start vomiting. And there came that bucket. Amanda shoved a bucket in my hand. What does all this have to do with the glory? The glory is the heaviness. It's, a, it's, it's, it's God himself. Now, this will be hard for people that are, are, are busy doing church and they're busy uh, with their religious traditions, even though the Bible says that the traditions of man have made the word of none effect. And so if there's no manifestations happening in your life, and it's been a long time since you've experienced a miracle in life, maybe you need to check your traditions. Because, see, we're, we're used to operating in the anointing. It's a whole different level when the glory begins to fall. I know over at Bethesda, you know what I'm talking about, that sometimes the, the service starts out and it's wonderful and you can feel such a presence of the Lord. But what happens when most of the people leave and there's only five or six of you left? I know Camilla well enough to know she's one of the last to leave. The atmosphere changes that last couple hours. Everybody else is eating chicken and you're still there and you feel the heaviness. I mean, what would you really trade? Would you trade sleep for his presence? Would you trade food for the presence of God? Some of us can't wait for the minister to get done. And then we go behind his back and we talk about how he's not anointed, how nothing's happening, while most of us is not willing to dwell. When I was preaching on the Mount of Olives in Israel just a few weeks ago, I looked out and I could hear the Muslim prayers over the loudspeaker. And I looked out and and, and I I was invited there by the Isaacs family and I saw the Isaacs there. And there was many, we had uh, 270 of their fans with us, but around them was hundreds of other people. And I knew, uh, Pastor Martha, if I only had 15 minutes, what could I say?
if you only had 20 minutes to dwell, what would you say? And the Lord began to take me back uh, uh, through the Gospels. And I was reminded of what Jesus himself would declare to the disciples. See, a lot of people knew who Jesus was. So many people followed him. I remember in Israel standing on the bank and letting the water rush across my toes. That was the very bank that Jesus, he had to step into the boat because the multitude came to hear him. Are you seriously going to leave your job and drag your kids out and walk on rock to listen to someone you don't know? They were there because they knew him. But the Bible, and he, he preached to them in parables. And at the end of his sermon, he had one thing to say. It's powerful. He said, let those that have ears hear. A lot of people, pastor, they're happy and they're satisfied with just the anointing that they carry. But then there's going to be a people that's going to come out of a people and they got to have the heaviness, the tangible presence of God, the glory of God. That morning, that's what I was crying. I said, God, I must. See, it's, it's more powerful than a miracle. Sometimes God can perform a miracle in your life on Monday. And by Friday, you're already begging him for something else. When the word of God says that there is a place that we can be transformed by, that your blessings will chase you down. See, there's a difference between the anointing and operating in the glory. And once you have the manifestation of the glory operating in your life, I'm not talking about, it's not a Sunday thing. It's not a Wednesday thing. It's not a church thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing and a Baptist thing and a Methodist thing. It is a Bible thing. It's a Jesus relationship. I go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama every four months. The Baptist church there. The main pastor won't allow me in the building, so we just have church in another building. Ten of his deacons are now filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, he's still preaching how it's not for today. One of them went in there and said, listen, you're wrong. God is not a far away. God, that we have to pray, hoping, begging, pleading for him to meet us. Whereas that we don't have to, he is ever present, ever knowing. But how do we get to that glory? How do we get to that place where the presence is felt? Let me tell you, you need, to, you need to get there. We need to get to that place of a personal relationship. I've, I've needed it so many times in my life because, see, I can fail you in five minutes. I can fail you in five minutes. How many preachers have we put up on pedestals because they have the latest book or the biggest crowds, and yet they can fail you in the next five minutes? 
I don't want to know the next biggest thing. I want to know Jesus. I want to know what, when, when the Holy Spirit brought the Word of God and put, uh, put it into a book form. I want, to, I want to know what He meant. I want the revelation of what the Word is. Because I, again, that morning as I was sitting uh, weeping over this Bible, the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know, that's not a book. And as long as you treat it like a book, it's only going to be a book to you. The reason why the glory is not manifesting in your life is because you carry your Bible like a book. You bought it like a book. You want a book? Go to the bookstore and buy a book. It is not a book. It is the breathing, living Word of God. It's more alive than you are. It was here before you. It's going to be here after you. And it's not meant for you to just memorize. Quit memorizing your book. And get to know your word. Knowing, I'm talking about relationship. (laughs) So as the Muslim siren went off and they began to pray, I just got louder. There was something that Jesus said. And I'll say it like this. He said this. And I'm paraphrasing. When he said, the disciples, when he, when he met back with the disciples after he came back, and this is all found in Mark, when he came back to the disciples after speaking to the multitude, remember, they all knew his name. Some of them had experienced miracles by his hand. But out of the multitude, there was 12. They sat around the campfire with him. They were a people out of a people. See, when Jesus found Peter, he was busy. He was busy with his gift. He was providing a living for his family. But there was something When he saw Jesus, he knew he was conformed. And he knew he needed to be transformed by the word. It wasn't, he wasn't satisfied with what he had. When he saw Jesus, there's something about when you see Jesus, you just want more of him. But Jesus, they said, why do you speak to the multitudes in parables? And the Bible says that Jesus said, he said, listen, it's not for them to know. It is for you to know. See, there are some people in this place. It ain't for the churchgoer to know. It ain't just for the people that want to live by their traditions and they're stuck in the mud preaching and shouting and spitting on everybody on Sunday and by Monday morning talking about everybody, asking God to heal them when they're already healed, inviting a thousand people on Facebook to pray for them, knowing they don't believe the word of God either. Shut up, Okosai. We are a messed up generation. We must know him. I'm trying to get you to the glory. 
said, it's not for them to understand. It is for you to know the mystery of God. You skip on down to like verse 13. I love this. I saw this uh, when I was sitting on my back porch and I just kind of started just let that meditate. You know, I don't run through the Bible. You know, I preached for four and a half years on two verses. I don't get in a hurry. Because you know what the rule is? If you can't live it, don't you preach it. If you ain't transformed by it, hush your mouth. If you can't live it, don't you preach it. Because once you live it and you begin to preach it, not only are you preaching in the anointing, that heaviness, the glory begins to come. Lives begin to get changed. It goes beyond, they'll say, well, you're just a passion. It has nothing to do with passion. It goes further. The glory goes past the passion. It is God manifested. It's everything that he is manifested. When the word of God says, I will cause men to give unto your bosom, you got to think, when's the last time that happened? When he says, and when he called his disciples unto himself, he gave them power, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to cleanse the land. When's the last time you raised the dead? Come on. I'm talking about the manifested presence of God. I love coming together with the people. I love the praise and worship. I love to listen to different ministers preach. I love to visit different churches. But it does not take the place of my personal time in his presence. Jesus said in verse 13, he said, listen. And I'm going to say it in Texas terms because I'm in Texas. I love being in Texas because y'all all sound just like me. <laughs> Up north, they're like, what did she say? <laughs> There's no water burger up north. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say this. But I was, I was here four days. No, five days. I was here five days. When somebody asked me if I had had Whataburger yet, and I thought, I've had it four times already. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> when you when I come home, it's Whataburger, Mexican food, and barbecue. <laughs> but Jesus said, He said it like this, and I'll say it. Uh, in Texas terms, he said, I am going to, I'm going to tell you like this, boys. I'm getting ready to tell you something right here. But if you don't understand what I'm getting ready to tell you, close your book. Because you're not going to understand anything else I've got to say. See, the sower must sow the word. You know what he was saying? This changed my life. We're not talking about how the Lord changed my ministry. See, my personal relationship changed my ministry. It positioned me. 
For example, on Sunday morning, some people come in the church with their offering already written. Some people come into the church with the decision they're not going to give it all. I'm not taking an offering. It's already happened. (laughs) The Bible says, I will cause men to give unto you. It says, if you bring all your tithes and offerings into the storehouse, there would be meat in my house. Keep going. Prove me now in this. See that there... Uh, on you such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. And there's words in between all that. (laughs) When I saw that, when he told his disciples, he said, the sower soweth the word. Then something come up in my spirit. See, this was my journey of of the glory. I'm telling you my testimony of how we got to the place that, that, that miracles are happening. Angels are being seen in our meetings. The Shekinah glory is coming. People can take pictures of it. People are getting out of their wheelchairs. I was in, in, in Augusta, Kansas. The prayer line went so far. I couldn't end the end, see the end of it. And a woman about 15 uh, people back, no one laid hands on her. All of a sudden, her ears opened. She chucked her hearing aids at me. I began to notice that with the operating not just in the glory, but, but, but the manifestation of his presence, I would say anybody in the house need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And people would line up. And guess what would happen, Amy? Before I could put my foot on the step, all 20, all 30, all 50 would fall out speaking in tongues. There was no time to lay hands on them, Camilla. I've seen it over and over and over again. But he said, the sower, he soweth the word. And it hit me. I said, Lord, before I pay my tithe, before I pay my offering, I need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you are my Jehovah Jireh. I need to know who you are before I I left. See, your tithe and your offering, it's not a debt that you owe. It is a prophecy that you declare. The glory, the manifestation of his presence operating in your life will position you to open your mouth. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that eat the fruit thereof will love it. You You were made, you were created to open your mouth. The problem is, see, I know what you really believe by what comes out of it. He said, the sower, they sow the word. I began 
Pastor Martha, I began to start renewing my mind and get transformed. There was an intimacy that took place between me and the word of God about my finances. And when it began, what the glory does, Pastor, is it makes everything in the word tangible. It begins to take place. The presence of the Lord, the glory of God is not something that you hope for. It is something that you experience. You see it. You can't deny it. You don't care who don't agree with you. You don't care who doesn't believe you. You don't care if it's just you all by yourself. I'm talking about the glory of God. The tangible presence. What it does is it manifests the promises. Everything that he promised you then becomes tangible in your life. Harrison Ministries is a nonprofit. I was in Alabama and I was preaching in, in, for the Baptist people. There, I had about 15, 20 of them just slayed in the spirit. I said, when you get up, I'll explain it to you. (laughs) Do we have any Baptists in the house? We love you. (laughs) Praise God. Any Catholics? Lots of Catholics have been coming to our meetings. Praise God. Aren't you glad the gospel is not a denominational thing, but it is a Jesus thing? My husband, he travels with me when when he can. And he was with me in Alabama. He ministered with me there. And this man comes up to him while I'm ministering to someone else. And he says, tell your wife every time I see her, the Lord says she's getting ready to go to Israel. He said, okay. I had a lady that works behind the scenes in our ministry. She had come up from from Texas. She lives on the other side of, of Canton. And he came up to her the next day and he said, be sure and tell your friend that I see the word Israel over her head. She said, okay, I'll tell her. Pastor Amy, not my husband, not my friend, either one of them said a word to me. I came in one day to my house and I got a call from Miss Sonia Isaacs and she said, Rhonda, uh, listen, the Isaacs has been going to Israel for the past 15, 16 years. And this year I was praying and the Lord spoke to me that I want a prophetic voice to go with me this year. We are going to do a, a tour and it's going to be different. And we're going to go and we're going to take, we have raised $80,000 and we're going to give it away. Isn't that fun? We're going to feed 150 Holocaust survivors. We're going to give them each a $100 gift card. We're going to give their coalition $20,000. Then we're going to go over to the orphanage. We're going to get a bunch of toys. We're going to go over there and sing and love on these kids. They're there because of terrorism. We're going to give the orphanage $20,000. She said, then we're going to gather in the city of Jerusalem, and we're going to put on a concert. you got to understand, it's very difficult to do because in Jerusalem, you cannot say certain words like Jesus, like convert. There are certain words. Before I left, 
God has put me and surrounded me with, with ministers that have, have a love for Israel. The night before I left, Sid Roth sent me an email and explained to me what I don't do and what you do. And we began to, uh, I said, well, Sonia, listen, I would love to go, but uh, my husband's not here. And I'm thinking he is never, you know, how, have you ever been to Israel? <laughs> Anybody been to Israel? Praise God. You're going you're gonna to spend between five and 6000 a person. It is well worth it. But I don't travel by myself, Pastor. That means Harrison Ministry is going to have to, because if I invite you to travel with me, Harrison Ministries pays for it. So I'm thinking, I don't know. And I'm thinking, well, I'll just talk to my husband. I know he's going to say, you're out of your mind. That's something you prepare for because, see, they were leaving less than two weeks. So my husband comes in, and I tell him, you know, and I'm expecting him to say, no, uh, we don't have enough time to prepare. And this is what he says, you have got to go. What? And he began to tell me what the man had said in Alabama. I said, but then when I said that, I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, I don't care who is inviting me. Is this where you want me to go? Because I know that my relationship positions me, and I don't want to be ahead of you. Because just because it's a good thing don't mean it's the right thing. Understand what I'm saying about that? Just because it's an opportunity of a lifetime, that doesn't mean. I'm talking about what the manifestation of the glory will do when it's tangible in your life. It's not just uh, uh, coming into a service. It's a it's re- relationship is every day. It's a Tuesday thing. It's a Wednesday thing. It's a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday thing. It is a, it is a lifestyle. When I began to call Sonia back, I immediately the Lord said, there's this couple, this ministry couple, and I saw their face come before me. And the Lord said, I don't want you to think about how you're going to get there. I want you to pay for them to go. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's two of them So I called Sonia back and I said, Sonia, listen, I know you want me to go and I know that the Lord has laid this on your heart, but I've got to tell you what happened. I saw these people and I'm praying. Is that gardenia? <gasps> Almost knocked me right out of the spirit. I love gardenia. And, and I said, but I want them to go. And in two days, Harrison Ministries we paid almost 11, it was 10,000 something, and we paid flights. We, they, they just had to pack their clothes. That man had ministered for 25 years. I've never known anybody. He cried and cried and cried. Can you say he's a nail God? When the Bible says he will cause men to give into your bosom, that is 
part of the tangible manifestation. When the word of God is manifesting tangibly in your life, then you are in a move of God that no man can take credit for and no man can deny. That is the presence, the glory of God operating daily in your life. I sent the money over. They took care of that other couple. And I'm looking at my account. <laughs> and it was talking back. <laughs> Everything talks. That's why you better open your mouth. Everything is talking. You don't believe me? Open your app. <laughs> we don't have checkbooks anymore. Open that app. Your, check, your checking account is going to say, oh, girl. Or it's going to say, oh, girl. But it is talking. It is saying something. But the Bible says give. Is that what it says? Because if your Bible don't say that, we need to get you another one. (laughs) But the Bible says give. And what does it say? I know you know it, but you live in it. Give and it shall. See, I love that word, shall. You women love shall. Shall we go to Dillard's and get new shoes? We shall. Don't you love shall? I love the word in the Bible when it says, and suddenly. What are y'all waiting on? Because I don't want to wait no more. Don't you love that word? And suddenly. How about this one? And the very hour. (laughs) I'm talking about the glory of God. (laughs) I looked at my account and Sonia's like, well, Ronna, let's get your ticket. See, I don't need a ticket. I need three tickets. I need $16,024.95. I'll never forget it. But see, I've been showing the word. Something came up in me that morning over that Bible when I cried out to God and I said, I need to know you. I don't just go to church. I am. When you walk into Walmart, the church just walked into Walmart. You're the church. If the manifestation of his glory is going to be happening, it needs to be happening with you at least. The next day, Pastor Amy, see, something began to happen to me. This is another thing that happened to me from that morning. If I just, this is what I declared to my husband. I said like this. If God wants me in Israel, I'm going to be in Israel. Because see, I didn't write it. He did. He wrote it. It's not my job to make it happen. It's my job to believe it. It's my job to be transformed by it. I didn't write it. 
but it's my job to be transformed by it. That's my job. The next day, can y'all say the next day? (laughs) He's a now God. Personal relationship will position you for his purpose. I'm going to keep saying it until you get it down in your spirit. This businessman, a Baptist man, that got filled with the Holy Ghost and healed in his body. Life-changing experience. He just happens to be worth $98 million. Y'all see my face? (laughs) That's fun right there just saying it, isn't it? He's real. He's corporate America. He's... He, he's right there. You know, he's just... Poof. He calls me and he says, what's this Israel thing that you're talking about? He don't ever call me. You might, he was in one of my meetings. He got, he got touched by the Lord. But see, I don't need... See, it wasn't him. What was happening is that the Word of God was manifesting when he said, I'll cause men to do it. scripture was just manifesting give and it shall be given he said to me what is this Israel thing that that people are talking about I didn't contact him I didn't ask him for anything he contacted me see your blessing will chase you down I'll never forget it Camilla it was the funnest conversation I've ever had I'm going to have many more of them I just prophesied to myself. (laughs) He said to me, I mean, just like this, can you handle the $24 and the 95 cents? Oh, yeah, I got that. I got that. I got that. I got the $24 and the 95 cents. He said, all right, prophet. I will overnight you the rest. He is a now God. That is the glory of God manifesting. If he can do it for me, somebody needs to stand to your feet and say he's going to do it for me. Say my life. Say, my life is an example of his supernatural power. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Now, I don't know if people mail you $16,000 overnight, but when you are in the glory. I'm going to slap somebody right now. I wrote something down. Be seated. I wrote something down. I have to write things down because it's amazing. I can minister to people prophetically because I don't even know where my keys are right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> Somebody answer it. <laughs> Manifestation of healing, finances, miracles, and signs and wonders, they will come. When you recognize the anointing on your life and you position yourself, and the glory begins to fall, it will manifest tangibly. And healing happens. You must understand when he said, I am the God that healeth thee. And people are praying on one another. Asking God to heal them. How many times? Come on. I know. I'm telling them. How many times have you prayed on people? Because you love them. You you hope God does. You hope God does something. When Isaiah says, by his stripes, we are healed. That morning at 4.30 when I cried out to God, I didn't look the part. I didn't feel nothing. There was no music happening. I just, something in me, every fiber of my being, I was churched out. must know you. If I never preach again, if I never see another miracle in my life, God, I must know you. See, I didn't know that that morning, that just in the next few months, my father would be laying dead for eight minutes. I did not know that my daughter would get a parasite not found in the United States and Dr. Cynthia Summers in Longview, Texas would look at me in the face and say, we got five days, it's killing her. My baby that I had to have surgery for. Doctors told me I could not have children. I've got one 21-year-old. He's deployed right now. And I got a seven-year-old. And now she's laying at 10 months old with a parasite not found in the United States. And the medicine that they're going to give her is a poison, they told me. And we can't repeat it because if we repeat it, then she will have cancer. Oh, and by the way, Mrs. Harrison... Three pharmacists have already refused. They're not going to mix the medicine. We can't even get it. Oh, and one more thing. Your insurance is refusing to pay. I remember I was standing by myself there. 
Lord, you said that my personal relationship is manifesting this glory that I am anointed to preach the gospel, but the glory of God, it surrounds me and that your word is tangible. I looked at Dr. Summers and I said, here's the deal. Go ahead and do what you're going to do. And mama's going to do what she's going to do. And let's see who gets there first. I did not know that my husband would get a spinal injury that would leave him bedridden for five years. Five years. You better know Jesus. I began to research and study the scriptures. I began to get transformed by the renewing of my mind that he was the God that healeth me. And no matter what I heard from the doctors and no matter what I saw by the word of God, they were just the facts. But the Bible says that if I was in relationship, the knowing that relationship, the intimacy of this truth would set me free. Not just truth by itself, but having a relationship with the truth. Being transformed by it would cause it to manifest. It has no other. Do you know if it does not manifest, it makes the whole thing a lie? And we're all wasting our time in here tonight. I'm talking about the glory. My husband walks straight up. He's a personal trailer. He is tra- he's traveling with me and ministering with me now. My daughter is not dead. She's sitting right there. Well, what about your father? He passed away for eight minutes. My sister was in the hallway. I remember throwing up in the floor. I threw up when they, they, they began to pull the sheet up. They, they had resuscitated him all that they were going to do. They could not bring him back. He was gone. I remember thinking, this can't be right. I, it doesn't make sense. I remember feeling all this way. See, positioning does not uh, uh, take the place of emotion. You've got to put your emotions in check. Your emotions is not your truth. They are your choice. I wiped the vomit from my mouth. She was... was not operating in just the anointing that was in me. There was a glory that surrounded me. And when the glory manifests in your life, you'll say crazy things. You'll say things that don't make sense to your flesh. Never ask your flesh what it thinks. And don't ask a thousand other people's flesh what it thinks either. I remember I grabbed her hands, Pastor, and I said, this is the moment I've been waiting for. 
I remember how stunned my sister got. She has lost her mind. And I said this word. I want you to hear me. I'm talking about the glory. I'm talking about the glory. You better hear me. I grabbed her by the hands. I said, this is the moment I've been waiting for. I closed my eyes, Amy, and I, I, I just dug down in her hands like this. I remember standing like this, and I said, I didn't write it. You did. You wrote in your word. It's written in your word that by your stripes. Now, before you clap, I want you to pause. This changed my life. This moment, I'm getting ready to tell you. When I said the word stripes, I was interrupted. When I said by your stripes, in the middle of me saying stripes, I heard my father say, what's going on in here? When's the last time you raised the dead? Because I raised one in September of 2015. He said when he called his disciples unto him, he gave them power. The Bible is not a book. And as long as you treat it like a book, It's only going to be a book. Somebody turn your alarm off. Don't be embarrassed. Just grab it and turn it off. (laughs) Say, bless her, Lord. (laughs) It's beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. What happened is in the glory, what happens is this. I want you to hear me. In the glory, you won't be able to finish scripture that ain't ain't already coming to pass. I couldn't even finish quoting the scripture. Being dead eight minutes is a long time. What happened that day? Did my father get raised from the dead because I'm so great? Because I'm so anointed? Because I know Martha Phelps? Because I'm the fourth generation minister in my family. Is that why? 
Jesus said, if you be a disciple indeed. A lot of people know my name and experience miracles from my hand. A lot of people are satisfied with the anointing on their life and the gifts and the talents, signs and wonders. But the greatest manifestation of his glory is when an individual decides to be transformed. To continue in his word. When your husband acts all crazy, he's still God. When you find out your son's on drugs... He's still God. You're going to continue in this word. When the doctor says, you got three months to live, he is still God. Continue in his word. He said, if you be a disciple indeed, if you be a taught one, if you're not just the person that's going to be happy to meet me by the seashore, but you're actually going to be a people coming out of a people, and you're going to sit by the campfire with me. You're going to leave what's been comfortable to you. I know you are fishing, Peter, but if you'll keep on walking with me, there's going to come a time that you're going to walk, and your shadow is going to heal the people. You won't have to lay hands on them no more. Just a shadow. I'm talking about the glory. The signs and the wonders and the healings and the financial miracles and the angels all pours from my heart, my, my door all the time. Don't believe that. Greenwood, Indiana, get some for yourself. I just vacuum and anoint myself and keep on going. I'll say, Daddy, get in here. It's time to anoint me. The word of God was always meant to transform us. Because when the transformation takes place, that is the greatest move of God that can take place in you. When it, you get transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you begin, you begin to be a disciple. And you're called unto him. And you won't have to worry about laying hands on him. You're just going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to cleanse the leopards. That's the glory. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's the heavy presence of God. You can't deny it. And you never, ever, ever want to leave it. When I go to bed, I want to feel Jesus. When I wake up in the morning, I want to feel Jesus. When I'm in Israel, surrounded by Muslims, being pushed up against the wall, and, 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 and I feel the fear a little bit, I know that I'm surrounded by Jesus. That is the move of God. 
that no man can take credit for, yet no man can deny. People are looking for revival. But the last day move of God doesn't start with revival. What it starts with is when an individual decides to decrease so that he may increase. And then when I began to do that and something happens on Amy while she's doing her dishes, something, the Holy Ghost just comes all over. She begins to cry out to God and transformation begins to take place and the word of God becomes alive in her life. And then this person come over here and joins us and what happens then revival And it's wonderful to think that we don't have to beg God. We don't have to hope He's going to do something. But the glory brings the manifestation. He has done it. All you got to do is step into it. Manifestation of healing, finances, miracles, signs, and wonders will come. But the greatest thing that takes place in your per- is your personal transformation into the woman he has called you to be, the mother you're to be, the wife you're to be, the minister you're to be, the aunt, the friend that you're to be. That is how you know you are surrounded by the tangible presence of him. Do you want it? Do you want it? Then continue in his word. I want you to stand to your feet. Let me get my axe. I'm going to have to tape it in later. That's how you know you're... You remember those old preachers? They had tape all in their Bible. This is my first tape. (laughs) That was funny. I don't care who you are. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They had tape all in their Bible. And when you looked at it, you thought, man, tape all in their Bible. I'm going to get tape. We haven't done a lot of prophecy in here tonight. You see, I don't call myself a preacher or a prophet or anything. I call myself a trumpeter. Why? Because the Lord spoke to me and said, I put a trumpet to your mouth. The Lord spoke to me and he said, I put a trumpet in your mouth. Anytime I go into a place for the first time, especially the first time, I lay down the foundation of what God has given me. The hardest thing I have seen, I've been on the road full time now for, for several years now, and the hardest thing I've seen thus far is try to convince Christian people, Holy Ghost filled people, to believe their word. It's the hardest thing. Say, what? Oh, they say they believe it. But when you're standing in a hallway with vomit coming out your mouth and they just pronounce your father dead and you believe in the raising of the dead. Or when your, your daughter has a parasite. See, what comes out your mouth, that is what you believe. That is what you believe. What a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
that God is that I feel this in Tyler, Texas. I'm from here. I know the religion that's here. We need to be free. There is freedom in the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice? Maybe somebody paid your $20 or drug you out here. Maybe they told you this wasn't regular church. Sorry. (laughs) But you don't know Jesus. Now let me ask you all of you this. Do you know him as your personal Savior? See, in Columbia, can I tell you one more story? Just one more? Do y'all have time for one more? Then have a seat. Is this how my services go into the night? It won't, I promise. Don't worry, Miss Martha. She loves the glory of God. <laughs> when I was in Columbia... It was raining, and they all just, you when you, when you're, uh, we always had a driver to take us back and forth to our hotel, but for whatever reason, and I didn't understand, because I didn't understand the language very well, my Spanish is a little bit better, but not there yet. They asked me to get an Uber driver to take us back to the hotel, and so when you're in Columbia, you don't wait for, you go into the road. When in Rome, you do it. They were standing in the road, raining, pouring down. I just stood out there with them. I, and I, I mean, listen, in Colombia, they ride bicycles and drive uh, 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 trucks 100 miles an hour, cows in the road. It don't matter. Uh, I never prayed so hard in my life. This one pastor took me the last day from Apostle Gustavo Pais' house to my hotel. He drove 95 miles an hour in Colombia with bicycles. And, and, and I was back there going, Lord, if this is how you go take me, at least I don't want to, don't make it hurt. <laughs> like, take me out of my body first. Then when we were coming back from Israel, we got in a thunderstorm over the ocean. Everybody's asleep but me. And I said, God, you cannot. This is not how we're going to end the Isaacs on this plane. <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> so this woman... She's picking us up from a church, and she goes to church herself, and she speaks a little English. She turns around, and she says, Hola, profeta. Hola. She said, Can I tell you my testimony of Jesus? I said, See? Yes. She said, My husband, he does this to my face. And he said, I can take it. I can take when he does this to my face, but Profeta, I have three babies and something in me knew that he was getting ready to to do this to them. And I I told the Lord, I said, 
Lord, I can take him doing this to me, but not to my babies. Jesus, help me. And she said the Lord helped her. And she says now, and I don't know her story, and I can't judge her and her circumstance, but she, this is how she said it. And she said, now I'm taking care of my babies. I'm not in that abusive situation. And I said, oh, that must be so difficult. I mean, it would be difficult here in the United States. I could just imagine how difficult it was for her. She said that she worked two or three jobs, and I said, that must be so difficult for you. And she said, it is sometimes. And she said, this has changed my life. Quit looking for things to change your ministry. Your ministry will change when your life changes. I'm going to keep saying it. She said this. She said, well, Profeta, uh, when I can't feed my children, I get them together. And I said, babies, guess what? Guess what? Jesus chose us to fast for him today. And she said they get so excited because we were chosen to fast for him. And I said, babies, we get to fast for him. And because we fast for him, we're going to see Jesus do a miracle in our life. And she said, they get so excited. I remember thinking, she's using her difficult situation to teach her children. Scratch that word, go back. Train her children that they are the church. And they're going to grow up that when life hits them in the head, the word of God is going to be their, their truth. They're little. That the word of God is going to be their tangible knowing of that truth. Can you imagine? I remember going back to my hotel thinking, that was one of the things that the Lord has said, I brought you to Bogota, Colombia. I want you to pay attention to the things that was happening. I remember as I was going up to the platform, this Spanish woman got in front of me, and I said, God bless you. And she began to weep and cry so hard. And she said, I am blessed. I am blessed. And here in America, we could say, you know what? God bless you today. Good to see you. And we just smile, and it goes right over our head. And nothing means nothing to us. And we wonder why the presence of the Lord, the Shekinah glory, it was prophesied to us, but where, where's the manifestation of it? Back in Azusa Street, it was prophesied by William J. Seymour. In that little old house that we, he was at, he would go into a building, and he would sit, and he would put a box on top of his head, and he would stay under that box until the Shekinah glory, the manifestation of the glory of God, the tangible presence of God rested in that place. They said children played in it. How long did he stay in the box for that to take place? And we feel rushed to add one more song to our song list. The Lord spoke to me. I'm going to tell you this, and then I want to pray for you. The Lord spoke to me. I had to go do a New Year's Eve service in Tennessee. And the Lord spoke to me. He said this, in 2000, I'm prophesying. He said in 2019, this would be the beginning year of greater. 
I remember saying, okay, Lord. And as if I questioned in my spirit, then he began to say, I want you to think of it like this. I want you to think of John G. Lake, Amy McPherson, Wigglesworth, A. Allen, Shambach, Billy Graham. Everybody consider the generals. He said this to me. I believe it more than I'm looking at you. I don't know a lot of things, but when the Lord speaks to me, I know it. And he said, Rana combined all that, all the anointing on their life. And it will not compare to the glory that will manifest in the United States in the beginning year of 2019. Take it back to your place of worship. Prophesy it. Declare it. Bethesda, this is your year of greater. Tyler Metro, this is your year of greater. See, you don't understand. This is your year of greater. There's no diabetes in greater. There's no heart disease in greater. There's no lack in greater. There's no living paycheck to paycheck and greater there's no hope in God will move in our service today and greater y'all gonna get me going for round this is the beginning year of greater why because we're gonna blow our trumpet and we're gonna see in our places of worship that people are going to start identifying themselves as the church. They're going to step into the anointing given to them. They're going to read the Bible for themselves. If you can get the people in your church to experience the manifestation of the glory, there will be an outpouring you cannot control. There's preachers that are hoarding things to themselves because they want it to happen by their hand so that they can get the credit so the people think they're all that in a bag of chips instead of teaching the people how to get it themselves. This you named right, you heard right, Pastor. You heard right. Stand to your feet. I'm going to prophesy to you. You represent your husband as well and represent this house. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to bring the supernatural. It will manifest in your life. Come on, somebody. Come on, if it can happen in her life, if it can happen in her church, take it home. It it will happen in yours. Amen. 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 Give me a number. Within seven weeks... 
the supernatural manifestation of God will be so present in this place that you won't be able to dismiss your services. And that that you cried out to God in private, you will see his hand move in the next seven days. You have a daughter. Is she here? Come here, darling. There's a miracle here. She is beautiful. Hi, baby. Hadn't seen you since you was little. There's a miracle here. You've asked God something specific for her. You asked him within the last week. He heard your cry. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. You must understand when I'm ministering prophetically, I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. I'm just picking Sometimes I do see and I do hear. I've got to be careful. God is manifesting a miracle and even a healing. Does that make sense? And God is going to touch your life in a way. You seem to be at a pivotal point in your life a decision here does that make sense to you but you are have a heart for the lord and you cried out to god and he has heard you and now i'm going to pray in agreement you will have clarity because you have seen god do powerful things through your through your parents but the lord said He desires to do them also through you. I see this place turning upside down. There's people that belong to this house and you've not arrived yet. Now I'm speaking out here. There's people that belong to this place of worship and they haven't come forth yet. We call them from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west. There's people that belong to this house. Everybody under the sound of my voice, you are a pastor, pastor's wife. I want you to stand to your feet because I feel, I hear so, uh, uh, right now God is doing a shifting in East Texas or wherever your church is. And I see an overflow of finances coming. I see finances coming not to one, but to all. 
And we're going to hear testimony after testimony after testimony of these, this influx of finances coming into, the, into ministries. I want you to stretch forth your hands to these pastors, these pastors' wives. Listen. Within the next seven weeks, there will be a financial outpouring on each one of these places of worship. Say, I don't believe that. Then this ain't your conference. You've come to the wrong place. And I don't, I don't know who you are, lady, but... Great word is ministered at your church. Death. That some don't understand. But I see the I see things exploding outwardly. Where do you go to church? Are you you're the pastor? Pastor's wife. I see an abundance coming to your place. There's been some things that have been stagnant for a season. But the Lord has rebuked the enemy in your place of worship. And there won't, the people, sometimes there's a stagnant, I don't, a stagnant, that's all I know how to say, a, not, um, a, a growing, even though the word is being preached in, 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 in a tremendous depth, but sometimes there's a frustration that takes place because the, the stagnant is there. Come on, stretch forth your hand. Come on, this is not the Ronna Harrison show. I need you to help me. And the church hasn't grown. It goes so far. And then there's not. I'm talking about numerically. And, 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 and But there is a change. A shifting that's taking place. And there's going to be a people coming into the place. In the name of Jesus. Are these your people? You just sitting here all by yourself. Praise God. In the name. I want to agree with you. I speak to this pastor right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak to her husband right now, Father, that has great favor in your kingdom and has preached the word with great depth. In the name of Jesus. I give you praise right now because the shift has taken place even as I speak. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Because even in great loss, there's been a determination. Even in great loss, there's been a determination. Why? Because this is who you are and this is what you do. Come on, give them praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
There's a pastor here, pastor's wife. You're thinking of moving. There's a move that you're thinking of something's going to have to move. I'm talking about physically. Who is it? Either starting all over, moving, changing something. Where are you from? Come on, stretch forth your hands. An outpouring. An outpouring. An outpouring to take place. An outpouring. Where's your pastor? An outpouring. An outpouring to take place. Again, great word is being spoken. You're preaching, you're preaching the word. I, I call forth. I call it forth in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Metro. Come on, help me prophesy. I know Pastor Jerry and Sister Martha. I know that they're praying every morning early, sometimes by themselves, sometimes with a few people. I know their heart. I've been on their staff. But I prophesy that within the next seven weeks, there will be such an outpouring a financial, uh, uh, there's going to be people that you've not heard of. There's somebody you haven't heard from in many years that's going to give you, pastor, a phone call and plant a seed into your ministry. In the name of Jesus, Bethesda. Been called to the nation. I thank you for the outpouring that's been happening. But Camilla, you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen anything yet. You told me before service you're getting ready to start. Start it. Do it. Don't hesitate. Do it. Do what you're feeling to do. Don't hesitate. Keep that going. What is God doing? God is bringing the glory to East Texas. The tangible presence. And in the name of Jesus. Amy, I know you wrote a book, but do you keep journals? How many do you have? I know you have, uh, could you find the last five that you've written in? Could you find them? Start at the last one. Put them on your table. Start at the last one and go to that one and that one and that one. From the most recent back. You understand what I'm saying? In the third journal, open it up to the fifth page. Help her to remember this and reread. I saw, I heard this the other night. Read, read what you wrote because it's a prophetic word for right now. And then call me because that's just fun. <laughs> reread 
what you wrote out loud. Do it out loud. It was a prophetic word that the Lord gave you. And then really seriously call me. Because that's fun right there. In the name of Jesus. Is God good? My friend Loretta, I'm getting ready to turn it back. I love Loretta. She's my friend. I've known her many years, but we don't get to talk very often. But the Lord says that the, there's it needs to be a healing in your husband's back. And we're going to pray for that right now. Is that all right? And we just pray right now for Ron and in his body. I speak to that right now. I, I believe this is a preemptive word. I speak this word right now over his back in the name of Jesus. That by your stripes, Lord, he is healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say, my life is an example of his supernatural power. My personal relationship is positioning me for his power, for his manifestation, for his glory. Amen? Come on, Pastor Amy.